1: I just play Doctor online and it was a dark and stormy night, so it's possible you'll hear some thunder in the background tonight. Of course, the entire week, from Monday through today, uh, especially earlier in the week, it was nice sunny days. Uh, The last couple of days got a bit humid, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, real nice comfortable air, sunny days. Great! Uh, And now that the weekend's rolling in, here comes the rain. (laughs) Well, it's a concern mainly because uh, um, we're we're starting to paint the house and the garage. So we've been doing some scraping here and I've been doing some little repairs, some little patchwork kind of stuff. And Amy's been out uh, scraping so she's been taking advantage of the nicer days since she's home during the day. Um, so, let's hope we can do something over the weekend. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, last week, I told you about uh, some of what my mom was going through. Um, didn't get into deep details, All uh, other than say that, that she'd been having some strange anxiety attacks, which is keeping her from sleeping and not being able to sleep gives her anxiety, which leads to anxiety attacks, which keeps her from sleeping, which rolls around. It's a feedback loop kind of thing. And she'd been to the emergency room a handful of times. And then she ended up staying in the hospital for a few days, uh, a couple of days. And when, as a time I was doing the show last Friday, I record these shows on Friday. So last Friday, as I was recording it, She seemed to be doing better. It was a little iffy week, but she seemed to be getting through it. And her doctor and all that uh, were her doctor, her specific doctor was helping with uh, um, figure out her her medications, what she should be taking and what she shouldn't be taking, and that kind of stuff. Well, (laughs) um, Saturday, you know, last Saturday. I got a call from dad, I think it was that Saturday, that, um, well, mom had another uh, freak out and um, ended up in the emergency room and was admitted again into the hospital. Again, they're checking on stuff and trying to figure out what's going on. What is, what's, what's happening here? Checking all the possible physical causes to it. Now, there can be mental causes, things in your brain. Causing these anxiety attacks and problems that can happen, it doesn't make them any less real. It's just what's causing it. It's just if you can have a phys- you can have something physically going on that is making your body feel off, which can cause anxiety feelings and, and such. Well. Um, she did well the first couple nights in the hospital. She, she slept well. She, she said she loved the food she ate there. For the most part, there was one type of food she didn't particularly care for. But, you know, really, she was doing fine. And I think it was, like, like sun, uh, I don't know if it was Saturday night, Sunday night, or Sunday night, Monday night, something. To, but, but the third night, I think it was Monday night, the third night being there, she had an incident, and it was a, another anxiety attack and this time she was in the hospital when it was happening Um, I mean so they could they had her check on and that's where the doctors realized something uh, and they suggested the next day that uh, that my mom needs a pacemaker her heart was acting oddly was getting out of pace its timing was off so that uh, the for whatever reason you need a pacemaker they believed she needed a pacemaker for that and that could have been the physical cause something going wrong in her body that she wouldn't necessarily feel like something's going on with my heart but because it was acting strangely set her body to feeling weird which led to her being anxious and having sleeplessness and all that stuff going on so let's hope that's the case so she uh, she had the surgery on wednesday and dad called me. He said, well, they've taken her in. It was, about, it was about 11 in the morning. And I didn't hear anything for pretty much the rest of the day. Now, we use these uh, handheld computation communication device things. And I was uh, sending what the kids call texts to my uh, siblings. We have a group texting chat thing going just to keep everybody in the loop. You know, so in case one heard from dad or from mom and and the others didn't. We tell them what we, you know, say what we heard. And and we just keep things up to date with each other. And um, I said, I think it was sometime, I was getting close to five. I says, has anybody heard from Dad? Because so I've tried calling his cell phone, which he either didn't have it on, which, what's the point, Dad? Or he just wasn't getting reception where he was. I, I'm not sure which is. I think it's more likely he didn't have it on. Uh, I called her room. And Amy said, well, why don't you call the hospital, ask for her room, and call her room. So I did, and it just rang and rang and rang and rang. But eventually, Amy was able to call into the room and get a hold of my mom just as they brought her back in, just after they brought her back in. Because I guess the uh, surgery ended at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, but there's still some recovery time, so they put you in a recovery room, just make sure you're coming out of it properly, I guess. And then once she's ready to go back to her room, they brought her there, uh, Amy talked to her just very briefly. Your mom's okay. Everything went well. So I found that out. I was like, whew, I was getting a little, you know, a little concerned. because uh, come on. I need to hear it. I need to hear some what's going on. Well, um, that was uh, as I said, Wednesday. So she came home today, which is why I record this on Friday. So she's home and she's got the pacemaker. So now I can honestly say and be Very truthful in my saying this, I have a bionic mom. She's part machine. So uh, let's hope that that's what the problem was because these phone calls uh, in the wee hours of the morning are not (laughs) the best things. What do they say? You know, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. You get that phone call after 2 a.m., you know, hmm. Things are. This is a. This is going to be one of those calls. Um, so, yeah. I mean, because who would call you after 2 a.m. unless it was an emergency, right? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, why would they call you after 2 a.m. or even after midnight? I mean, why would somebody call you if it weren't an emergency? So, of course, you have that. You know, that that trepidation when the phone rings. They're you know, not calling to say, hey, it's wondering if you were sleeping. Uh, yeah, I was. Oh, well, I thought you might be. Okay, bye. It's not like that. It's, uh, hey, your mom's freaking out. Or, uh, I think your dad's having a heart attack. Or, uh, you know, whatever. I'm in jail. You know, Amy calling me up. Honey, I'm in jail. You know. (laughs) So, uh, or worse yet, my son calling us. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) That's the worry when you're a father. Um, all right, so that's that domestic front. Let's see how it goes, but uh, a, a lot of people wished me well and it's funny. Uh well there I got a lot of prayers sent my way and I don't want I I don't want to belittle that. I mean, I you know, I know what they mean. Yeah, I'm an atheist and I know that you know, I I I don't know, but I don't believe that prayer has any benefit other than you know, somebody's thinking about you. And that's that's you know, that's what it is. Thoughts and prayers I understand that they, that can be scoffed at, and I'm not doing that. This was a nice thing. Lots of people said, well, you know, I said, Mom's getting a pace, uh, pacemaker as at this moment. And so a lot of people just, well, hope everything goes well and sending you good thoughts. And a lot of people would put up these little icons of praying hands. Now, I'll have to share the, well, I wonder if I, well, I might. I might not share it on the show notes page, which you can get to by going to dimland.com and clicking on the show notes. I might not put it because I, I might have to block out people's names because I don't want, you know, to protect the innocent, you know. Uh, but if I, if, if I do that, I, I'll post it up. And the, for whatever reason, when I have uh, at work, when I have my Facebook open on using Safari, the icons uh, stack on themselves. I don't know why. So if somebody puts a pair of praying hands, there's another pair of praying hands behind it. You just see the bottom part that sits lower than it. So when they were putting up the praying hands, they end up looking like jet airplanes. I said, why are people sending me jet airplanes? <laughs> I knew they were praying hands, but that's what they looked like. So I'll, I'll see if I can show you what I mean. to Check the show notes page. I'll just just talk myself into doing some more Photoshop work because <laughs> i got to block out all those names. Uh, also on the home front here, uh, across the way from me, on the couch is our cat. Our cat's name is Callie. We tend to call her Kitty. Well, she's sleeping right now. Uh, she had been, well, she's a pet. And uh, there, you know, there, there's a reason, well, I think there's a connection between the word pets, P-E-T-S, and pest, <laughs> P-E-S-T. Because, uh, see, I'm not a pet person. And, which means, it doesn't mean that I don't like cats and dogs, that I don't like pets. It's just that I can go my life without having one, and not feel like I'm missing out on something. Uh, when we were kids, we'd have pets a little bit, but my mom was not a pet person. And she was more of a, I don't like pets, but we're doing it for the kids. And then, you know, she'd find some way to get to get rid of our pets. Nevertheless. <laughs> uh, but I just, I just, you know. So, I could write you. A list of pros and cons uh, for, you know, pros for having a pet, cons against having a pet. And the con side would be much, 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 much longer. It'd be really, really long. You know, from pet hair uh, in the house to um, having to, you know, in the middle of winter when it's 30 below zero outside, having to bundle up and take the dog out for a walk. It'll be brief, but you got to go out. You know, you don't have to do that when you don't have a pet. If you don't want to go outside, you don't have to go outside. And and there's other things. Like it's it's been it's been it's been many 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 years since Hayden's pooped on the floor in the house. In fact, I don't think he's ever done that. It's been many many years since Hayden has vomited on the carpet, which I think there was only once that he did that. And yet our cat yeah. that's not lightning that's a car. Anyway, our cat you know she she'll, she'll go into the litter box and she'll do a poop but a clump will cling onto the back of her butt and drop somewhere on the floor. That's great. <laughs> in fact <laughs> I was up, I was up late one night and, and I uh, I look under the, 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 the coffee table we have here in our living room. And uh, there was something underneath there. And it looked like, uh, is, that a, is that a grape? Is that a, what is that? And I went over and I picked it up. <laughs> it was a poop. Ah, there you go. <laughs> this, see, this doesn't, I, I haven't pooped on our floor in I, quite a while. And Amy hasn't, but our cat. And vomiting. Huh. So, anyway. I, as I said, I could have a long, long list of all the cons, and w- which biggest one of which is there's going to be vet bills, and they're going to be high, and the even bigger one is the thing's going to die on us, and that's rough. The pro side is really short. It's, uh, I like it when she sits on my lap the cat. I like giving her belly rubs. That's nice. Sometimes she does cute, funny things. Is that? Uh, But mainly because Amy and Hayden want the cat. That's the main reason, and that and that one overtakes all the cons and all that that I have. And like I said, it's not. I'm not saying I don't like pets, and that I don't like the. I do like the cat. Cats. The cat can be wonderful, but lately. She's been getting to be more of a pain in the ass. And we just, it's strange. Um, for the most part, she doesn't like it to let us watch an entire movie without uh, interrupting, usually in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, without having us do something. Give me a treat, give me some food, let's go. And that's the other the thing about food. She was eating, a, or we were feeding her a lot. Not necessarily what she was eating a lot. Because we'd, we'd give her dry food and wet food. And the wet food would get sometimes scooped out and thrown away because she only ate a couple bites. You know, that's, pet food isn't super expensive, but, you know, it, it goes to waste. But if it was at night that got the most frustrating she would be scratching at the door because we have to close the doors. We can't let her come in because if if you're sleeping in bed and she'll leave the door open, she'll come in, she'll knock stuff off the dresser, she'll jump on the bed, she'll do all that. See, that's on the cons list. That's on the cons side. So we can't have the door open. So we close the door, keeps her out of the room, but it doesn't stop her. She comes up the door, scratch, 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 and she she would be doing this so much more frequently. In fact, one night, she did it three times in an hour each time just as I drifted off to sleep and it's I mean I was just went to bed get in bed I lay there for like 10 minutes and usually it's less than that and I start to drift off to sleep and maybe I get just a a few winks and the next thing you know scratch 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 wake up uh, go to the door open the door and shoo her away close the door go back to bed start to fall asleep just nod off scratch 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 wake up again uh, go to the door open the door shoo her away close the door Go back to bed. And then start to drift off, fall asleep, scratch, scratch, scratch. Ooh. By that third time in an hour, I was furious and I got up and I just yelled at it. And Amy was woke up and I turned and I dropped some F bombs and I said, It's the third effing time. This effing and cat is waking me up, my effing sleep. She's gonna strike me effing crazy. You know. I was upset and I was mad at the cat for a couple few days after that. I didn't I avoided her. It's Just cause I didn't want to do anything stupid, but it just, she just really che- cheesed me off, so we got, I got talking, to him, so seriously, this is, you know, so when she would, so what ended up, what happening after that was be, you know, we'd chew her away, but then at some point, Amy would get up and go and feed her, and then stay downstairs and entertain the cat, so she wasn't getting much sleep, and then my wife would be out of my, out of our bed, and I'd be in there alone, and I don't like that, and I was like, come on. So at some point, I said to her, seriously, what's going on with this cat? And she, so she said, well, and she said the thing that I dreaded to hear. Uh, I guess I'll call the vet. <laughs> I'll tell you more about how that went when I come back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. That's right,
0: Kitty. Talking about you. Get him some seeds. Get him some seeds. Getting him, Get him some seeds. Wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dinland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. This station's not your cup of tea. Huh? Then drink coffee! 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 <laughs> <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guaranteed. thought you might say that.
1: Another way from another You're listening to Z-Talk
0: Radio Network.
1: To Dim Land Radio here in the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, talking about our kitty, Callie. She's sitting over there. She's a calico. Uh, most calicos are females. And uh, we got her from my uh, in laws. They took her in as a stray. She was uh, pretty much a kitten when they got not Not kitten, kitten, kitten. But, you know, still pretty young kitten when they found her. And uh, they took her in. And then uh, my mother-in-law died. Father-in-law couldn't stay in that house. We had to put him in assisted living, and uh, the cat ended up coming to us. So we've had her ever since. Um, So, um, yeah, the cat was just, just, just really beginning to get on both our nerves. Amy wasn't getting much sleep and it just it just she said okay i'm going to have to talk to the vet so she called the vet and the vet said well you know it's been about 5 years since we brought her in i know i know but you know vets present bills they present bills and really she seemed like she's in good health to us and all that but Amy called her, uh, called them up and they said you should, well, they, and then made an appointment, told me, well, I made an appointment. I said, okay. And so um, they do it in a very safe manner, you know, as far as with, you know, because we're living in the COVID time. So Amy would just put the cat in the carrier. She'd, uh, she'd pull up to the, you know, the, 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 the animal hospital there. It's, there. it's not all that far from where we live. And, you know, call in, I'm here. They come out bring in the cat and do their thing. And then they come out and, and you know, and and say, uh, give whatever information they could at that point, and then, uh, and then you know, we pay. Uh, and then they, they did some blood work. They took some blood and they found, uh, you know, check that out. And in a couple of days' time, they called us and I got a call from Amy saying, uh, just heard from the vet. Uh, Callie's in perfect health. And I said, did they say perfect health? she, they, she said, yeah. I said, did they say perfect health? Huh? Did they did they say it that way? Did they make it into a dad joke? <laughs> you know, a nice pun? And and she said, Well, I don't think so. And I said, Well that's how I'm gonna say they they said it. They said she was in perfect health, which is good. Now the advice about feeding and scratching at the door and all that kind of stuff. And it seemed like, she, she, you know, Amy told the vet, it seems like we're feeding her like 10, 12 times a day. It's, just, it's like it's just like through the night. It's like we're constantly having to put food in that bowl. Not because she's eating it all, but just, it just seems like the thing that gets her to leave us alone. <laughs> and and uh, the vet said, you need to uh, mo- remove yourselves from the feeding process. There are automatic feeders that you can get, which means she's off the wet food only dry food, because the wet food ain't gonna work in the automatic feeder, so Amy went out and bought one, and you know, we, we've got it timed for three times a day to put out like a quarter cup of food, and at first, Kitty was a little strange with it, but she seems to be getting the hang of it. She still comes to the door at night, and scratches at the door, and this is the int- interesting, at least to me, thing um, when she would first come scratching at the door, I'd get over there, open it up, and she'd be sitting out there looking up at me. And I'd shoo her away, or I'd go, if, depending on what time it was, I'd say, oh, okay, I'll go downstairs and feed her. But usually, I'd, I, more often than not, I'd, feed, I'd I'd shoo her away. But if it was like, I think it was like, if it got to be five o'clock in the morning, it's okay, I'll feed her. So, um,. What I noticed would start happening was I'd hear a scratch at the door and I'd I'd, I'd wait and make sure that, okay, did I hear the scratching or was it something I dreamt? I'd lay awake for a bit and listen and then she'd scratch some more and said, okay, and then she'd scratch some more. All right, get out of bed, go over. And by the time I got to the door and opened it, she's gone. She's already zooped zoop, and run down the stairs. And I I said, no, either, you know, I wonder, because I asked Amy if she does that to her, which sometimes she does, if Amy gets up and chews her away, Uh, I think she must be recognizing my footsteps, maybe, or not, or maybe she's just realizing she's going to get shooed away, and she's just scratching at the door just to be a little stinker. (laughs) But I got to say, the using the feeder has helped, and she's uh, she's less uh, she's less of a pain in the butt, and we go through less food because the dry food can sit out for a while. It can sit. You know, the wet food, you let it sit. You know, you start to worry that it's going to get, you know, because it's wet, and you figure it's going to get, you know, it's going to get germy or bacteria e, or something. So dry food seems to be a little bit better that way. And she, she's doing okay. So I'd knock on wood, but <laughs> that's bullshit. So I don't do that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, what have I got here at my time? Uh... You guys know I like to... Uh, I One of my favorite shows from the 1980s was Late Night with David Letterman. David Letterman was... I, I did it. There was a time when I wouldn't miss a show except for Tuesday nights because I would be going out to First Avenue on Tuesday nights. Uh, for quite a while, in those first few years of Late Night, he was on NBC for the first few years, They didn't do a show on Friday nights, so it was was Monday through Thursday. So I didn't, you know, Friday nights. I didn't have any qualms with going out to and missing Dave. You know, didn't didn't bother me because Tuesday nights would be fine to miss that because I had to go to First Avenue because that was just our thing. And it, you know, Letterman of course has had an influence on me as far as how my humor goes and how I present my show. I've I've noticed some things that some of the stuff I say is kind of has a Letterman esque to it. I wish I was as funny as him, as talented as him, but it was... I could see it, and I've had other people say, point it out, you yeah, know, there's a little something there, little something there. Uh, and I bring it up because I've been finding all sorts of clips of Letterman's show, the late night show, on YouTube. And I, I know I've talked about it before, but there's even more stuff going up. There are people out there that are putting together uh, compilations of clips of a show that fall under a theme, so it might be Dave's record collection, and they have uh, you know from they'll put up a, a list uh, or uh, a compilation of those bits from 1982 through 1989, and it could last an hour and a half or two hours, just of stuff that you can watch. Or they'll do uh, it's like uh, what was I wrote down some, and I'm blanking right now. There'd be uh, the guy under the seats sketches or, or any of the guy characters that Chris Elliott came up with. There was the panicky guy, there was the conspiracy guy, there was the regulator guy, there was the fugitive guy. This, so They would have these... He would come up with these characters that he would put on there. and there'd be all just be these, these long clip compilation clips of it, and be, they're great. And, even, and, they, and people would put together compilation clips of uh, Brother Theodore. Brother Theodore was this uh, performance artist actor kind of dude that would do these, this, this character. He'd played this character, and he'd just, just a little strange, uh, a little intimidating, but he would come on and he'd be funny. You know, even while he's, you know, seemed like he'd be angry at the audience because they were laughing and he'd insult them, but it was just funny bits. So they'd have all of his appearances or Pee Wee Herman, the Pee Wee Herman appearances and stuff like that. It's just, is, it's great. <laughs> it's really fun to sit through and, and and watch these and just. And I've been seeing stuff. It's like, wow, I don't remember that one. And then I go, and then I see some stuff. Go, oh yes, yes, I remember this. And it's just stuff like that. It's it's great, and. The reason I bring this up, other than to recommend that you guys do it and look at it, I mean, there was nobody better in late night than Letterman. Letterman was the top. You know, Carson was great and everything, but Letterman was just so much better, or just so much better suited for me. You know, for what for what I was into, and um, uh, I, I there was a, a so if you want to see what made me tick in the 1980s, go ahead and watch you know, those Late Night with Letterman clips, with David Letterman clips. And there was one set of compilation uh, uh, clips that uh, dealt with um, uh, what they called Why We Edit. And so they would do these segments once in a while, saying, you know, Dave they, they would say, hey, we do the show, we try to do it as live as possible, we do tape the show, but we, you know, you know we, we just kind of we try not to stop and edit or anything like that if we don't have to but sometimes things happen and there's just you you have no choice but to to edit and and so they would do these bits you know something crazy would happen and you know like uh, well i have an example that i'm going to play for you guys um and, it's, uh, and there's a reason, there's a double reason for me playing this. One, because I think it's funny, but the other is, well, you'll hear it when, I, when it gets to it. So um, it's, uh, it, it, this particular se- segment of the compilation cl- uh, uh, video has um, Paul Schaefer sitting at the desk with Dave, and the two of them are introducing each bit. And Paul's having a little bit of a, of a, of a giggle with it, because they don't always go swimmingly. That was the other thing about Late Night with David Letterman. They didn't, things didn't always go swimmingly. It wasn't always perfect. And another thing I want you to listen for is listen to the audience. The audience sounds, I mean, there's a full audience there. There's probably a couple hundred people there, but it, there's, a, there's, there's something about the way Late Night with David Letterman sounded in those first few years that made it feel like this is my own little thing. There's just a few people in the studio, and there's a few people out in TV land watching the show. This guy's mine. We're in on something. I'm in on something, and this this is just ours. You know, but then, as time went on, he became more and more popular and all that. So, uh, But listen to what the crowd sounds like and the, the, the bits of laughter that you'll hear and how it just seems like it's like somebody just standing off set laughing sometimes, and sometimes I think it was. Um, so so when this clip starts, the, both Paul and Dave are setting up a particular uh, uh clip of why they had to edit at least uh, one show. Um, so here's uh, here we go, this is Late Night with David Letterman, Why We Edit, uh, I think this is from like 1982 or 83, something like that, but uh, here, just uh, have a listen. Well Paul, you've inadvertently led me to the next clip, now, oh. yeah, must <laughs> be day. your lucky day now. Do you remember the night that we decided we'd just do a really kind of very relaxed show where any anything kind of would go, very relaxed show? <laughs> just let it all hang out? That's right, again. that's right. Surely you must be referring to the really foul show. That's that right. We, might, we thought it might be fun one night to be informal and let the rough edges show, sort of like tonight. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we let it get too far out of hand. It's another videotape coming up here in a couple of weeks. So what do you do?
0: Well, I'm currently on Broadway.
1: Is that uh, boring when you have to do that same shit night after night? night?
0: I, well, I'm afraid I don't
1: agree with you. Well, don't don't get upset. I I am so fucked up right now. I'll uh, tell you what, stay right there and uh, we'll do a commercial, but we'll we'll be right back. You know, right? comedy uh... <laughs> now that's comedy. Um, okay, I'm sure you noticed something in that clip. Uh, Dave swore he dropped an s-bomb, he dropped an F-bomb. Now you see they go to the clip and he's sitting at his desk as, as, as usual. And there's a there's a nice prim uh, a prim and proper uh, Broadway actor lady sitting there, dressed really nicely, you know, looking very prim and proper. She's actually the same actor that played the bookmobile lady, if you remember that there was a regular segment on Letterman where it would be the NBC bookmobile and the bookmobile she would be the bookmobile lady, uh, but so she's playing the same part uh, or this this other part here. And Dave, now, he said it's a loose show, just let it all hang out, as Paul said. And uh, Dave is, he's not dressed in his suit that he would normally wear. He's uh, dressed in some real, real casual. He's looking out of it. He's smoking a cigarette. He's got, you know, cans of beer on the desk. He's got a bottle of beer in his hand. And he's just sitting there going, yeah, and he's rubbing his eyes and he's looking all out of it. And then he, he drops an S-bomb and an F-bomb. And that's the thing that got me. I was watching that, and when he says, you know, do you get sick of doing that shit every night, that same shit every night, and I went, what, 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 and I backed it up right away. Did I, did did I hear him say that, and then I played it again, and yes, he says it. And then, of course, he drops the F-bomb, and I thought, what the hell? There's no way that aired on NBC. There's no way it aired like that. Now I understand that when they do these bits, when they tape the shows, that uh, if there's some swearing to be done in it, you know, they actually do the swearing. They don't say some other word and then bleep it. they say the word because it just you know, it doesn't mess up the rhythm of what they're saying. So it doesn't seem phony. So, so they say the words, and then they'll bleep it out when they get ready when they put the show together for, to, to go on the air. And I just, I, there's no way that aired like that. No way. And I'm sure it didn't. But my curiosity is, how in the world did whoever put this video thing together? How did they get that? I don't recall there being a, a release of uh, videos of uh, Dave Letterman uncensored. You know, Letterman Gone Wild. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember there being such a thing. And I, I, I it's a, it's, I have a. I guess a speculation as to maybe how it would, uh, that's, you know, somebody who worked for the show leaked it. Some, I I, I guess, maybe, but there's no way that clip went on the show. But just, uh, did you hear the kind of thing but there's some, there'd be just one person laughing uproariously that I think would just be somebody that's part of the staff just off, off camera laughing at it. Because it's just re- ridiculous, realizing what's going on and all that. It's just, that's why that's why Letterman was so fantastic. At least that's why I thought he was so fantastic. And you know what else I think is fantastic? Being able to take my next break. Ah, yes. You're listening to Dimland Radio and the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. Now that's... In my wax love of hair and my painted shoes Got an offer that you might refuse Tonight, tonight we're gonna take a stab
0: But we give those other guys the finger You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal It's Dr. Dim and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network
1: the Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say. And how can a museum be wrong?
0: Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I loved today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all.
1: Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, How can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong?
0: Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys?
1: We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you.
0: Join the Guerrilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia.
1: We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal, and alt meant claims substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please join us. All you need is a PC, and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep.
0: Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla
1: skepticism. Skepticism. The time is now. Music by purpleplanet.com
0: You're listening to Z-Tap Radio Network.
1: And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ZtalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dempfit Simmons. Okay. <clears throat> I got some. I got a cool thing. I've got a cool thing to talk about. Now, this is this cool thing is getting to be about a month old. <laughs> I've been meaning to talk about it on other shows, but it just didn't get to it. But it's still a cool thing. Uh, this is from the Independent, uh, the website. It's a UK. News outlet. Uh, and the headline is First Ever Picture of a Multiplanetary System Like Our Own Released. There's a picture of a solar system with more than one planet. Uh, Such observations could be key for finding planets like our own which could support life. This is an article by Andrew Griffith, uh, Griffin. Sorry, Andrew Griffin. Uh, it came out uh, July 22nd. So, as I said, it's about a mo- it's a- almost exactly a month. <laughs> it is a month. Because this show will be dated August 22nd. So, that's, that's a month. Alright, reading from the article. Scientists have released the first ever picture of a solar system like our own. A sun-like star orbited by multiple exoplanets. Now, exoplanets are planets outside of our solar system. Which... Uh, science NASA and other science organizations have been finding a lot of there's I think it's the Kepler satellite that's looking for planets and has been finding all kinds of planets, lots of them now and and that's really cool uh, so continue in the article it is the first time that astronomers have been able to directly see a planetary system with more than one planet with more than one world Uh, Images of exoplanets of any kind are incredibly rare, but the new picture represents a breakthrough in the discovery of other planets like our own. Researchers hope that in addition to offering the first real look at such a similar planetary system, the image and observations could help us understand how our solar system's planets were formed and went on to evolve around our sun. Uh, Being able to take such direct observations will also be an important part of the search for planets that can support life. Uh, This is a quote from Alexander Bonn, a PhD student at Leiden University in the Netherlands, who led the new research. He says, this discovery is a snapshot of an environment that is very similar to our own solar system, but at a much earlier stage of its evolution. Uh, Now the image was taken by the uh, European Southern Observatory's Very Large Telescope. They got great names for things. The Very Large Telescope. Uh, It shows the planetary system known as TYC 8998-760-1 which is about 300 light years away. In case you don't know this, that means that traveling at the speed of light it would take you 300 years to get there. So light, the light, the pictures that we are that, that we got of this thing. I guess it's one picture that we got of this uh, solar system, which shows more than one planet orbiting a sun or a star, whatever they call it. Uh, the light leaving that star and that we see in that picture took 300 years to get here, to get to where the uh, the picture could be taken. That is cool. And that's how big space is. Space is so big. It's just, I mean, it's it's really big. and <laughs> um, but this is this is cool news. It's a cool bit of stuff that we can do. And again, I always say, you know, because of science, we didn't we didn't get to be able to do this by praying. We didn't get to be able to do this by wishful thinking. We didn't get be, be able to get to do this because our of our uncle's trick knee. We didn't figure this stuff out that way. We used science. We, being the human species, we used science to figure out how to figure this stuff out. Um, and yet. I'm pivoting here to a different topic, uh, and yet we still have, and it's and it's and they're ascending. They're in their ascendancy because of partly because the internet makes it so possible to get you know information around everywhere, uh, even bad information. Uh, and uh, but so we've seen the rise of what's known as the flat Earth movement. The flat Earthers are out there. They believe the Earth to be flat, even though. It's not flat. It's a globe. It's a ball. It's an uh, oblate spheroid, or sphere or something. You know, it means it's a little around the equator. It's a little wider around the equator. It bulges around the equator. You know, so it's not a perfect sphere. But the flat earthers... See, I've been... you know, Along with watching David Letterman clips on the YouTube, I've been watching some... Uh, videos of uh, internet uh, YouTubers you know, that uh, that debunk you know skeptics that debunk some um, of the flat Earth claims and also the young Earth creationist claims. Uh, there's a fellow named, that goes by Simon Dan, Simon man Dan, uh, S C I, and he's uh, he's from the UK and he he has a youtube channel which he'll do what he calls tin foil hat Tuesdays and flat earth Fridays in which he'll review youtube videos that are making crazy claims on Tuesdays and the specific claim of flat earth on Fridays and and he does a, a decent job of, of going through it but some sometimes i just want you know explain it more explain it better don't just say that's wrong Explain it more. Explain it better. Yeah, you know, just do that. But um, it's it, it, and he also the Simon Dan is also uh, it's ta- has uh, uh, taken to task Kent Hovind or Hovind, who is a creationist, a young Earth creationist. He he thinks that evolution's a lie, and and boy, I tell you, you watch his videos. He's a piece of work. This guy. He is, you know, if you, you've heard me talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect, which um, hopefully I explain it properly. I'll link to a, a video that'll explain what Dunning-Kruger is, but it's um, a couple of uh, psychologists, psychiatrist type guys, um, observed this condition, this thing. And that is that the less somebody knows about a particular topic, uh, the more confident they feel that they know something about that particular topic. And the more a person knows about a particular topic, the less confident they are about what they know about that particular topic. And it's and or or um the the greater a person you know the 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 lesser a person's ability, you know like sports ability or singing ability or guitar playing ability. The lesser it is, that seems like their confidence is higher. It Seems it, it's this this gets a little wiggly for me. But you know, an athlete that's at the top of his game, even their confidence level isn't quite as high as somebody who doesn't have game. <laughs> um, and it and it's the simpler way of saying it is something like, uh, and I hope this is category or uh, saying it correctly is that these people. Um, who are being affected by this Dunning Kruger effect are, are they too ignorant about a particular topic to know that they're too ignorant about that p- particular topic to, to uh, behave as though they know about that topic. They're just they just they don't know enough to know that they don't know enough. So they think they know enough. It's a you know, it doesn't mean they're stupid. It just means that, you know, and 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 it's something that that we can all fall victim to, and, and and we have to be careful with. So, Ken Hovind. Now, if we if we were to set up, or Hovind, uh, if we were to set up a a, a pyramid, the Dunning Kruger Dunning Kruger pyramid, where the base is you know most all of us where we have some, you know we have some effect of Dunning Kruger within us, even you know the most careful and ardent skeptic, uh, that tries to make sure that they get everything figured out properly. Even there, some Dunning-Kruger can sneak in with them. They're at the base. That's the wide part. And then the the pyramid goes up to a nice point. And at the top of that point are the ones that are just super examples of, of the Dunning-Kruger. And right there at the top, and it's not just going to be one person at the top, because there's going to be a whole bunch of people up there at the top even still. But the, right there at the point, you got Kent Hovind. <laughs> you got him. I tell, you know, I'll link to a video uh, of Simon Dan talking about um, uh, Kent Hovind. And you'll see just the arrogance of this guy. And he's just where he's... It's just... Yeah. It's not a young earth. There's lots of lines of evidence... All converging on the Earth is about you know three and a half billion or four billion years old. I think it's you know, like four billion years old. Yeah, something like that. And lots of evidence of when life's you know when life started to show up within the fossil record, and then you know as it comes to us today. And if evolution is plenty of evidence for evolution. It's all you know. It all interconnects and it all works and it's science and it works. But Ken Hovind will just say, Oh no, that doesn't work. And he thinks that Noah's flood happened. I mean seriously, he's an adult man who believes in a child story that the whole world was covered in water for a year. I think it's about a year that it was covered. It rained for forty days and forty nights, but it was covered with water for about a year. You know once it once the waters receded and everybody went back, you know the the seven people that were on the ark that repopulated the entire planet, I mean, seriously, it's just it, it's just ridiculous that somebody would believe that that that's real, and you know, Ken Hovind is one of those somebodies. Um, he's just uh, he's just uh, <laughs> you know, but he's he is the Dunning Kruger on display. It's a pinnacle of it. He is. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and and if you need uh, a flat earth, oh, yeah, okay, flat earth, there is a simple way, there is a simple, if this, even for me, way to just show that the earth isn't flat, to show that it's a globe. It's a simple, It's, it's a, I, I, I drew it out for my wife and showed it to her, but let's just, um, you just... And I'm sure flat earthers have a way of, you know, do the hand-waving way of explaining why, you know, it's such a, it is this way. But um, you do, did you know, uh, chances are, if you're listening to this show, you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Chances are pretty good. There are some people that might be in the Southern Hemisphere that listen to this show. But since most of the people in the world live in the Northern Hemisphere, chances are pretty good. That's where you are. And so if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, and you look at the moon in the sky, it's called the moon. If you look at the moon, it looks different when you're in the Northern Hemisphere than it does when you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Because it looks upside down in the Southern Hemisphere. When you look at it in the Northern Hemisphere... uh, the, there's, a, there's a darker part of the face of the moon that's toward the bottom. And there's a brighter part on the face of the moon that's toward the top. Well, it's the exact opposite when you go to the southern hemisphere. And the, the, so, and it, there's, a simple, there's a simple proof. It, I mean, there it is right there. Why does the moon look like it's upside down in the southern hemisphere relative to the northern hemisphere and why does the you know moon look like it's upside down in the northern hemisphere relative to the southern hemisphere? Is that's because we are on a globe. So if somebody is standing directly on the north pole and someone else is standing directly on the south pole, they their their feet are pointed at each other and their heads are pointed directly up op- opposite each other. But if the Earth is flat and a disc shape or just a flat, you know, checkerboard shape or whatever. I, they, 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 the flat earthers generally say that it's a, it's a, it's a disk shape. If it's just flat, and you've got a person standing on what the flat earthers call the North Pole being the center, right, you got that. So you've got a person standing there, and then you have a person standing on the edge of the planet, which is, they don't believe that there's Antarctica. They think it's just this wall of ice that that circles the the disc that is the flat earth so if you have a person standing you know at what the flat earth would call the north pole and then at the edge all right they're both standing now they are standing on the same surface their feet are pointed the same way their heads are pointed the same way so when so when the moon goes around the globe it goes around the globe (laughs) okay um but when it goes around the flat earth, it goes, it, it stays above it and just kind of swings around. So uh, I was showing Amy, I, said, I I took this round object and I said, now the face of the moon always faces the earth because it's tidally locked. It does turn, but it turns in such a way that the same face, the same part of the moon faces the earth all, at all times. So, and I, and I said, okay, here's the flat earth. Here's the two people standing there and you take the moon and you go around and around, the top part of the moon is always is going to be the same for the person standing in the middle as it is for the person standing on the edge. The bottom is going to be the same. But if it's, if it's a globe, you're going to have the top of the moon be different for the guy standing on the North Pole and from the guy who's standing on the South Pole. It's It's... I'll I'll link to a video where um, there's an astronomer that it, that uh, an, uh, an Australian astronomer who explains it. I'll link to that too at the show notes so you can check that out. But it's just once you get to that, you said, well, okay, all right, tell me how it is that uh, that that the moon looks like it's upside down. Why does the moon look upside down in the Southern Hemisphere? And again, that's relative to the Northern Hemisphere. Most of, most of us are here. We've kind of accepted the idea that north is the top and south is the bottom. But, you know, ask that of somebody in, in Australia. And they'll say, well, no, south pulls the top and the north is the bottom. Yeah. Moon's upside down on your side. It's right side up on ours. Well, let's not make a fight of it. <laughs> but, I mean, it's right there. That's all, I, I, you, don't, you don't need anything else. Uh, I would say, you don't, you can't explain why the moon looks that way. So, before I get out of here, I'm just going to mention this. Um, uh, baseball is back. Please, Craig, don't skip ahead to the end of the show. (laughs) Craig doesn't like baseball talk. Uh, uh, the reason I bring it up is that uh, you know they're play, they're playing it in the age of COVID, and they're trying to be as careful as they can be. And they've, there's already been problems. The, the Miami Marlins team had to postpone a bunch of games because they had something like a dozen players test positive, and like I don't know, half a dozen of the coaching staff test positive, or something like that. So they had to quarantine them, get through it, and track everybody and see what see what's going on. And then and then. Once and then Miami started being able to play games again and and just before they were actually just before Miami was able to play games again. St. Louis Cardinals, they had to stop playing games because well, they tested positive and they had just the last game that they had played was a game against the Twins. My team. My favorite team. Uh, but so far, the Twins have been fine. So it's it's tricky on how they're going to do this uh, and all that. So you see some players sitting in the dugout wearing masks. You see some of the managers wearing masks. And some of the players will actually come to the plate and hit. They'll be wearing masks. There's very few of them, but some of them will. And some will play out in the field keeping the masks on. That's great. And there's a couple of things. There's... You know, I look at them, and I, and again, there's they got some guys in the dugout with their nose hanging out, and they're constantly fidgeting with their masks. And I would think, you know, the owners of these teams, they, they should have they should have the trainers for the teams. Those are the those are the people, the men and women who take care of the athletes if they get hurt or something, and they help to make sure that they're training process- properly so that they they can avoid injury. And if they do get injured, they help them deal with that. And so that's what the trainers are for. They should have the head trainer walking up and down the dugout saying, get that nose in there, get that mask on, let's go, let's go, and just telling the kids, look, keep your masks on. And I would think that the owners of these teams would just would have every player and everyone on the managing staff, their faces uh, measured and have masks custom-made for each and every one of them so that, that they put the mask on it stays in place. They don't have to fidget with it. It's on. It's comfortable enough. And yeah, you would think they would do that? It's just, just go ahead and do that. So a while back, I was watching a uh, a, a game between the uh, Cleveland Indians and uh, the Chicago White Sox. And I believe it was uh, the Chicago. One of the Chicago. Uh, the. Uh, uh, um, you know, the coaching staff, it was the, the pitching coach, um, came out to talk to the pitcher. And so he, he goes up to the mound, and then the pitcher puts, you know, he's not wearing a mask, he puts his, you know, he puts his glove over his face because he's, he doesn't want the other players to read his lips. And the man the, the, the pitching coach does the same thing. He puts his hand over his face. Because he doesn't want the other players to read his lips, he see what he's telling them, you know, how to pitch the next guy or whatever he's telling them. He's, he puts his hands over his over his mouth so that you can't see what he's saying. Only thing is, the pitching coach was wearing a mask. <laughs> Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. See, he didn't have to cover his mouth. the The mask was doing it okay well um, I've come to the, come to the end of another show uh, hopefully mom is doing okay uh, be skeptical of your claims require extraordinary evidence uh, wash your hands be patient uh, you know stay in stay in stay home <laughs> you know wash your hands keep your distance wear a mask uh, and with the lights off'll see you next week Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our
0: competitors. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning us in. in.
1: Well, I'm going to hell.